Alright, well it is wonderful to be with you this morning and being able to share God's word with you. Uh, it's always a joy to be able to do so. We are in Thanksgiving month, um, as you may have already figured out from the last two weeks. Ludwig has been taking us through uh, various aspects of what it means to uh, be thankful, to give thanks, uh, and part of this dynamic is being not only an individual but part of a body of believers. And so this morning's talk, if you see on your uh, service sheet there, it is the body, thankful reverence, we have titled it. So it is the idea of this talk is to zoom in on what does it mean to be part of the body of believers, what does it mean to be, um, yeah, to be here, for example, this morning. Uh, but before I get underway with this uh, with this morning's talk, I thought oh, I'll give you all a chance to talk a little bit further. Um, and the, I've got a question for you to, to discuss around your tables. Um, I'm going to interrupt you halfway through it with another question. But the first question that I want to ask is for you to discuss around the tables, what do you think it means to be a church? What do you think it means to be a church? Simple question, many answers. Um, it's not about the right or wrong answer. It's about what do you think it means to be a church? Have a discussion for a moment around the table with one another, and then I'll interrupt. All right, I'm going to interrupt for a second. I'm liking the discussions that's going on. The next question, just to add into the mix, while you're discussing what it means to be a church, I want to ask, what does it mean to be then a Christian to you? If I ask you, what does it mean to be a Christian, what would you then respond by saying? And then add that to your conversation. Got it? Okay, I think we can carry on with these conversations afterwards. And I think there's a lot of discussion that can be had around these two questions. Uh, did you find it an interesting thing to have to discuss? What it means to be a church and what it means to be a Christian? Did you find that there was some differences in your answers between what it means to be a church and what it means to be a Christian? Do you find that there were some ideas within the in and around the table that highlighted slightly different aspects and different things? Yes? No? Not at all? <laughs> it's interesting because when you play around with these questions, we have this knee-jerk reaction that we want to say that a church, we start with a building and a bunch of people, and we have perhaps a structure, we have an organization as a church, you've got different denominations when you think of churches, you have all sorts of different ideas that start to come to mind. And then when you think of a Christian, you immediately start thinking one person, an individual, how that person, what they believe, how they see God, how they understand God. And so you have two f ways of thinking about it. A church is maybe a body of believers. A Christian is an individual. Have, did that kind of seem to come out in your conversations at all? <laughs> so there is an aspect to which we do think like this. And if you did have that happen around the table, that's normal. In the sense that that is a Western kind of thinking, if we can put it that way. In a Westernized society, our thought is to go individualistic and a number of individuals within a group of people. Uh, and so even as a church, we are individuals coming together around a somewhat same idea, similar concept, similar reason. 
And it's really difficult when you start to think about church today because there are so many different ideas out there. I mean, you have churches even sprouting out that call themselves churches, but they aren't believers of Jesus Christ at all. They believe in their own things, but they want to be known as churches. So a church, by definition today, is so muddied that it becomes complicated for us to even pin that down. And it's just something for us to think about as we look at this. And so last, uh, the last two weeks we've touched on it, Ludwig touched on it again this morning, But as we gather today, as we gather together as believers, uh, we ought to be, to some degree, uh, continuing with the blessing that we've been referring to in number six. I'll just read that again. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you, and the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. And so, as we've considered this passage over the last two weeks, again this week, we come to it again, and we realize that we are to be a blessing to one another. As we gather as God's people, we bless one another with him, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as we come to Ephesians, if you still have your finger there in the Bible, go to Ephesians 5 and see how it starts. Ephesians 5 verse 14, we pick up there. Paul says this, This is why it's said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So who does the shining? Well, it is Christ who is the one that shines. His face is turned to us and we reflect Jesus Christ to one another and to all those that we come into contact with. Both those that believe and those that don't. We reflect Jesus Christ in our lives. But as we come to this passage that Paul writes here in Ephesians, we are coming not as individuals. And this is a difficult thing to wrap our head around. As he writes to the church in Ephesus, he's not talking to an individual. He is talking to the church. This is who you are. When you are within the community, when you are in your daily lives, this is who you are. And he's going to come, he's going to go go on and list a whole bunch of things that's really important in how a Christian ought to look. But before we look at that, it is really complicated because when you ask the question, what does it mean to be a Christian, there are going to be extras that other people are going to add in. Now, I'm not saying that's not right or it's wrong, but when you ask a person, what does it mean to be a Christian? One person will say it is to believe in Jesus Christ. Another will say it is to follow Jesus Christ. Another will say that it is to do good things. Another, it is to read your Bible. Another, it is to pray. And you keep adding all these different aspects to it. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Is it any one of those things on its own? Not at all. Is it all of those things together? Well, we hope so, if that is what Scripture says. It highlights for us what it looks like to be a Christian. And not only that, it is to do so not only as an individual, but as a body. To be a Christian, now this might sound like a strong thing to say, but to some degree, to be a Christian is not To be an individual. To be a Christian is to be part of 
the body of Jesus Christ. If we think we can be a Christian by ourselves, behind a closed door, you are going to believe the things that you read and you understand and how you adapt it to your life. And that is going to look different to the other person next door who's believing behind closed doors in isolation. So as Christians, we cannot thrive and function as Christians as individuals. We need to be part of a body. And why? Well, Proverbs 27:17 tells us, as iron sharpens iron. We need to be around one another, sharpening one another in relationship with one another as part of the body of Jesus Christ. So how do we know what it means to be a church and what it means to be a Christian? Well, we need to come to a point of agreement. Why are we here? Can we agree on one thing as a body of believers? Now, I would want to say not just here at Crossword, but globally, one would say we want to have one commonality, one thing in common among all of us. And what would that be? Anyone? Not a trick question. Christ. We want to meet around the person of Jesus Christ. That's what establishes us then as a church. If we have an agreement that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and we meet around the person of Jesus Christ, that is what draws us together. That's what draws us in. Nothing, nothing else. Him alone. Now, this obviously gets complicated because, as we've also highlighted, there are different ideas around Jesus Christ in and of itself. We have heard all sorts of different ideas of who Jesus Christ is. But that's where we come to God's Word. We line it up with what God's Word has revealed to us about who Jesus Christ is. And then we begin to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. Because if... Person A is sitting behind door one, and person B is sitting behind door two, believing in Jesus Christ. Who's to say that they're believing in the same Jesus Christ? We need to come together and find out, rub shoulders as iron sharpens iron, refine what we believe and who we believe in. Because we will shape things in the way we want to shape things. And that happens. All around us, we do that. So here is at least what Paul says in light of this. He adds a whole bunch of aspects and then he comes back down to Jesus Christ. But he says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He starts with Jesus Christ saying, he will shine on you. Now obviously this comes from further on back in Ephesians, this idea of shining light Uh, illuminating the darkness because it is important that we have clarity and that that ultimately we aren't led astray by the darkness. But then he says in verse 15, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. So Paul calls us as Christians, or at least in the church of Ephesus here, he calls them, but for us it rings true. To live wisely, not as unwise. That means to measure what you think and do. And you'll do that together. Because we are all wise in our own sight. 
But among one another, we need to be sharpened and refined to see the truth. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity. That's a fantastic one. You have an opportunity, make the most of it. If there is an opportunity to glorify the Lord, to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, use it. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What is the Lord's will? Verse 18, he carries on. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. As we come together as what we call Christians, as a church, we gather to reflect Jesus Christ to one another, to sharpen one another. To be wise among one another. Now, not to be wise, as in thinking better than the other person, but to gather together to sharpen one another in wisdom. Making the most of every opportunity that you get to gather together. As we meet, are we making the most of this opportunity today? What if today is the only opportunity that we will have to meet together? Are we making the most of it to reflect, to sharpen, to do so wisely in the name of Jesus Christ? Because these days are evil. You don't know what tomorrow will hold. Are we being wise about how we're spending our time here, sharing in the body of Jesus Christ? Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand the Lord's will. The Lord's will is for all to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That He is the way to eternal life. Don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Again, there's this darkness, this evil. He says, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And as a body coming together, as a body of believers, as the body of Christ, we are to be filled by His Spirit. And then we speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. And sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So you sing to one another, making songs and hymns and spiritual songs, and then you sing to God. Twofold. And then, as it is Thanksgiving month, always giving thanks. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We revere Christ. We are in awe of Him. As we gather together, are we in awe of Jesus Christ? Do we revere Him this morning for what He has done And are we submitting ourselves to one another? 
And again, submitting is such a beautiful word. Building one another up, lifting one another up, supporting one another. Are we doing that as we gather here this morning? Are we making the most of this opportunity? So are we being thankful in this circumstance this morning? To be a Christian is to gather together under the name of Jesus Christ as the head of the body, which we call the church. You are here this morning at church. But that doesn't make this church. You are here this morning at what we call, by all intents and purposes, church. But to be a church is to be the Lord's people, followers of Jesus Christ, gathering together, making the most of every opportunity, giving thanks at all times, seeking goodness in Him. Being wise, reflecting, being a blessing. That's what it means to be both a church and a Christian. It is one of the same thing. You cannot separate them. When we separate them, it falls apart. When we separate what it means today, as I say, this is the language that we use today, to be a Christian today and to be a church, if you separate the two, they can't function. It falls apart. Because if there is separation, we are not meeting under the same head, which is Jesus Christ. We need to come back to meeting under Jesus Christ as the head of his body. I'm not saying that we don't do it or we don't try to do it. But as we gather together like this, we should have thankfulness on our lips. There should be praise and thanks and songs and it should be a joyful celebration that we get to be here and we should seize every opportunity that we have, loving one another, reflecting God's glory as we come together. Did you feel like that this morning when you arrived here? Did you arrive here this morning going, oh, I'm so thankful that I'm here. I get to see all these wonderful people this morning. I love each and every one of them. Because Jesus Christ is their Savior. And He's my Savior too. <laughs> Sorry, Talbot. Talbot's annoyed with me. It's a reflection. But are we loving one another? Are we reflecting to one another Jesus Christ? Or do we come here because this is what we do? Because church is what you do on a Sunday. And it ticks my box and I can live the rest of my week knowing that if I die, I 
in my mind, have done the right thing? Or are you here because you know that the person sitting across the table from you is helping to sanctify you, to help you, to grow, to be a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ, to be part of his kingdom? I always always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence. As we gather, I pray that we may have thankfulness in our hearts for what Jesus Christ has done for us. I pray that when people come and join us here for the first time, that they may see an attitude of absolute thankfulness as they see how we revere Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I wish we could do it every day. I know this is part of the complicated problem that we have as Christians gathering together is we do it on a Sunday and maybe once in the rest of the week, but we need to spend more and more time together. I can't get to know you better and deeply in order to sharpen you if I don't spend more time with you. But when I do get to spend time with you, we need to make it authentic and as real as possible so that we have an opportunity to be, um, be used by God to help sanctify one another. Because me sitting at home in the week, I can make myself believe pretty much anything and everything I want to believe. But coming here, hoping that I'm coming around people that aren't like my mind, not like-minded, like my mind, you will correct me. You will call me out. You will sharpen me from the path of deceitful destruction and evil. And you will steer me in the right direction, back to Christ. And through you, Christ will then shine in those moments. So my message this morning is, this is really, I don't have the answer in the sense that I don't practically know how we can enforce this, I almost want to say, or get this to work on a daily basis. I wish we could. It would be fantastic. But what I can say is, today is an opportunity to be a blessing and to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ into one another's lives, to sharpen one another and to cease this as an opportunity and as you do so joyfully giving thanks for what Jesus Christ has done that is my challenge and my encouragement to you is as long as we have this opportunity today let's make the most of it and whatever other opportunities you have in the next week month, year lifetime make the most of the opportunities where you get to be a blessing to those 
around you. Giving thanks in every circumstance for all things, for who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Submitting to one another out of reverence. Let's pray. Well, gracious Heavenly Father, we, we are here because of you. We are here because of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you sent into this world to die on a cross for us. And that you rose him and that he is seated at your right hand. And he is the head, Christ, the head of the body. As we gather, I pray, Father, that you will sharpen us by using one another. May we not idly watch one another go by every Sunday or once in a week. But may we sharpen one another for the sake of your glory and for the sake of each other's lives and the security of knowing that you have the power to save us. Father, I pray that you instill in us a desire to see each and every person come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that we joyfully and with thankfulness declare him in every opportunity of life. Wherever we are, wherever we go, that we may declare Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And where we fall short of that, Father, we know that you are far greater than anything that we can do. But we do pray that you will fill in the gaps where we fail. Help us to see the light of your Son, Jesus Christ. May we reflect that light. May we be not just a church, but a body. A body that is connected, a body that is thriving, a body that is functioning, and a body that is thankful. As we gather like this, as we think about one another, as we pray for one another, as we joyfully celebrate one another as well. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we yeah, we lift each other up to you. Thank you that we don't have to do this alone. That life and all of its challenges are not something that we have to face alone. But as believers, as followers, we gather together under the headship of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.